Welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Hardy. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This ball player was an All-American and first team All-City out of Bishop Lachlan High School, where he was a legend. He also went on to shine at Seton Hall University. Did his thing there too. Help me welcome my guy, James Majors. That's right, that's right. And tonight's sponsors are Styles by Nita, Unique Creations, and our special sponsor is Game Over, the number one grassroots program in Brooklyn. Oh, let me say that again. The number one grassroots basketball program in Brooklyn. See, I'm rocking it. My guy's rocking it. So what we do, we doing business with our people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we got some special prizes and giveaways coming up soon. So please, stay tuned. And oh yeah, let's start the show. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yes. Yes. You have you just stepped into, into, into the world, world, world of... Chaos. Chaos. Where everybody, everybody goes, goes hard. What's up, homie? How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm in good spirits. You know? That's Can't cool. let the devil, get you, the devil get you down, man. Almost definitely not. He, he, he always pulling at your coattail, waiting for you to make the wrong move. But I'm a thinker, so, you know, I play chess, not checkers. Exactly. But I'm glad to have you on, man. Happy Listen. I remember being a freshman at Lincoln, and we scrimmaged y'all in 83. And it was just like, man, watching you and Silk just go at it, back and forth, jump shot for jump shot, layup for layup, and, and willing to battle each other. You know, a lot of these guys don't like to hold each other, man, but salute to you, man. Those are, that, that the first glimpse I had of you when I, before I'd been saw you play. I just used to hear your name. But in 83, when we scrimmaged y'all, definitely, fam. Yeah, because I know Silk and um, Spice, those were my two guys. Yes. Yes. So what I like to do before, when everybody come on the show, I just like to ask this question is, who introduced you to the game? Well, I the first time I remember um, watching basketball, I must have been about 10 years old, and I walked into my mother's room, and I was like, Ma, what are you watching? She was like, oh, this is basketball. So I just sat down and started watching it, and ever since then, I've been hooked. Wow. That's crazy. And, I, and then, I, also, with, then also, with, also with the fact that I have 17 uncles who all played ball, so it was just in the genes. Yeah, somebody had to get it, right? Somebody had to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you grow up at? 
I grew up in Brownsville, Howard Houses. I went, I went, I went straight growing up there for anything. I know it's a little crazy there now in Brownsville, but when I was there, all we did was just play ball every day, all day long. Wow, that's real. That's real. I, I was reading an article where they said, you know, you grew up around Jerry Rice Reynolds and Pearl Washington, those guys. Right, because a lot of times when guys come home from school, they look to play in these tournaments, and it's tough to find a tournament that was sanctioned for the NCAA. So when I came home, I just went straight to the park. World Be Free, Jerry Reynolds, Pearl Washington, Phil Sellers. Couldn't get any better competition than that. Those are your trainers right there. Exactly. If you can't learn from them and excel against them, who can you learn from? That's right. Uh, my guy, CEO Entertainment, said uh, – Tell James John from Kelly Park said, what up? Hey, what's, what's going on, John? Long time. No doubt. Get to Brooklyn one day. If you guys still play up there in Kelly, I'm going to come up there and teach you a few more lessons. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that. And tell the Boney brothers, I'll have them lined up like the first time I came into the park. Because I'm going to tell you a quick story. I went to Kelly Park for the first time. These guys didn't know who I was. It was these brothers who thought they was running the park. So each one of them wanted to take a shot and guard me. I was in the park from about 3 o'clock that afternoon to 10 o'clock at night, busting the brothers up. They, they all wanted to get, nah, nah, let me, let me take it. Let me. I enjoyed it. To this day, I've never let them stop hearing about it. That's right, man. You, you got to keep letting them know, man. You, you put it in. Especially two brothers. Come on. You're like, so you it, figure it, one of them had to get you. So it, you it get both of them. That bragging right. It was five brothers. And they each wanted to take a shot. So I had to let mm. them. This is my first time in the park. But if I step foot in your park, I'm coming here to run things. That's right. That's the mentality. That's what definitely I'm about. Park. I'm making this my park. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to let guys know because I have a few guys that grew up playing in Kelly Kelly as well. Definitely. So what was the first team you was on? First team I was on, organized, was um, New Best Style Elementary um, School. And it's funny because back then, I had this math teacher. I was like, this guy's a real, um, real, real cool guy. Never knew it was Ernie Douse. Wow. Never knew. He was always humble. Never even told me that he played ball. He used to always just tell me, you know, stay on the right track, do the right things, and things are going to happen good for you. Never knew until after I graduated, he was the great Ernie Douse, New York City legend. Wow. Look at that. So you already had an early basketball angel touching you already early, and didn't even didn't even know it. I was blessed. Those early. are the best times. I was blessed early. Listen, you you named some of the ball players that came out of your neighborhood, right? Um, who was the best in your neighborhood? Uh, the best. Well, that's kind of tough because obviously the ones that I stated, but if you look at the ones, because I've had um, Terry Greenwich, who went to Xavier University, graduated from Westinghouse, Kenny Wooten, who played at Boys High, Derek Givens played at Boys High. I, there was quite a few players in the neighborhood. That, it's, the list is too long, the list. Yeah, I figure because you already played, had played against some greats already, right? And all these guys were the best of their era, right, and their time. So that's crazy. And all these guys, like, it's like I say, we all, every single guy in, in my neighborhood all played high school, college ball. So every day in the summer, that's all we did was play ball from sun up to sundown all day long. 
That's all everyone wanted to do is play ball. That's all. That's all we had right there. But unfortunately, because I ride through the old neighborhood and see they don't even play basketball in the parks anymore like they used to, and that's sad. The parks are empty. Parks are empty. They could have left the hoops off because the parks are empty. Well, they, the parks might not be empty, but they're not being utilized for what they were meant to be utilized for. Oh yeah. And you know true. I mean. True. <laughs> that's that's a super fact. That's a super fact. So you growing up around all these guys who, who played in the PSAL, why didn't you go that route? Well, it's funny because when I was at um, graduating from middle school, I was supposed to be taking this test to get into Catholic school, but I didn't know about it. So I was going to end up going to Western House. But my sister was over there in Lachlan, so my mother took me up there to speak to the principal. He said, okay, let me see your report card. I'm fortunate that I was an AB student. It's like, oh, so you have some good grades, so we're going to let you come on into Lachlan. So that's how I actually got into Lachlan, just because my sister was going to be in there. Wow. Other, other had, that, nothing to do with had nothing to do with basketball. Nothing to do with basketball. A academics got me into Lachlan. As it should. Definitely as it should. So who did you look up to as a ball player? Well, back in the day, my favorite player was George Gervin. That's why Pat and after him, and then people started calling me Ice. Ha <laughs> ha Okay, okay. I see that. I see that on on some tags. They definitely could. They definitely do. Because I always wanted to pattern myself. Because I know the first time I saw him, I, was, I don't know if you remember back in the day on Saturday nights they used to have the ABA games on with the red white yep. basketball, and I saw the Nets playing against San Antonio. I was like, who's this guy giving Dr. J the business like this? Giving him forty. Next time, I was, oh, that's George Gervin. Ever since then, that was my guy. Wow. And I'll be great, great ice man. I also had that iconic poster. I wish I still had it, where he's sitting in the chair of ice with his. Oh yeah, definitely. He popped. He popped Nike off with that one. Yes, that, I think that was the greatest poster ever invented. Yes, that that was the one. The mother low. Everybody wanted the Ice Man poster. Did Did you ever hear that uh, Spencer Haywood story? No. With Nike. I don't think. I, no, I'm not familiar. In 1973, when Nike was first starting out, they probably started out a couple of years before that. But like in 1973, Spencer Haywood was the number one player in the NBA. Right? Okay. And Nike approached him and said, you know, we're starting back, you know, uh company starting out. We want you to uh be our sponsor. We'll give you a hundred thousand dollars or ten percent of the company. Wow, he took the one hundred thousand. <laughs> Didn't have definitely that. yo yo you, you won the prize man you definitely won the prize <laughs> I could see that yeah coming. yeah and that that uh ten percent I think is worth uh three or four billion dollars today easily that might be a low number too okay so it's it's crazy you think that uh the opportunity some of our bowlers had uh to be in place to situations. And now we get to learn from those lessons. Hopefully a lot of guys who are in these positions now don't make the same mistake. It's good to know your history and to educate yourself so that way you don't repeat the mistakes that was made before you so you can learn from them. Yep. So you, you went out for the freshman team? Well, when I, when I was at Lachlan, my coach, Patrick Quigley, he had a rule that you couldn't play varsity until you were a junior. 
The great Patrick Quigley. Yes, definitely. I'm going to play, and now the reason why Mark Jackson and Billy Willer and those guys got to play a third year is because just before the season started, we had about four or five seniors got kicked off the team, so he brought those guys up from JV. So that's why Mark had that third year on varsity. Otherwise, he would only play two years on varsity. Wow. That's good. And, I, you know, I, I talked to Kenny. And, and can, can you go to play where you got a little bit more light? I, I was talking to Kenny. Yeah, there you go. I was talking to Kenny, and <laughs> and I was thanking his coach, you know, rest his soul, for not playing Kenny the first quarter <laughs> because Are you we got a chance to beat him up at Glen Falls. Kenny Anderson. Right, at Malloy. At Malloy. Jack Curran. Right, Jack Curran, yes. So, you know, these coaches got these specific rules. Right. Right, that they have and they stick to. You know, so how did you go? How did it go your freshman year? Well, freshman year, we um won the um, Brooklyn Queens Championship. And I averaged about 25 a game in my freshman year. And then in my um, sophomore year, JV, we also won the Brooklyn Queens Championship. And I was scoring 30 by then. Yo, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's back up. You you moving too fast, fam. Like, the numbers are smacking me all in the face. They beat me down. Oh. Your freshman year, what you do? I was averaging 25. And you got the Lachlan on grades. Right. People, y'all hearing that? He didn't even go to Lachlan to play ball. He went there because his sister had some clout, and he had some grades. Put himself in a situation. 25 big ones. Then the next year. Then when I was on JV, I averaged, it was actually um, 20, yeah, 28 a game on JV. Because Quigley wanted me to play varsity, but he couldn't go back on his rules. So I understood that. Because he, he was a stickler for the rules. Because I'll never forget a story. When I was um senior, we was playing against um Cardinal Hayes. They was number one in the city at the time. And we were supposed to meet up at Lachlan like around 12 o'clock. So I'm right. going to get there. I'm on the subway, and I actually missed the van. I ain't know how to get to Hayes, so I'm asking people, yo, how do you get to Cardinal Hayes up in the Bronx? So I finally got there. Got there before the game started because I missed the game. Quigley came into the locker room and let everybody know he's not playing in the first quarter. He didn't make, he didn't make the van, so he's not playing the first quarter. It wasn't, I ain't thinking it was my fault, but I understood the rule. That's crazy. Wow. There was some young players sitting there saying, oh, you know you're going to start anyway. I looked at him like, you guys must not know Quigley. And as soon as he said that, Quigley came in there and said, you're going to dress, but you're not going to start until the second quarter. And funny that, thing, that's, thing, we was down 21 to 2 in that game. In the first quarter, down 21 to 2. But at halftime, when I came in, it was 35-28. We ended up winning in double overtime. I'll never forget that game. Ended up winning in double overtime. This is crazy. So so you kind of changed everything after that. Right. Wow. And, and I was saying that I, I'm a victim of the towns because I was saying I wish that they had the three-point line when I was back in <laughs> I ain't have it at all. I ain't have it until my junior year in high school, um, college. Yo, first of all, I want to salute to Gerald Green. He in the building. Salute Gerald. He in the building watching. Yeah, he, he got signed on today. That's right. That's right. 
Man, I'm glad he ain't watching. Way back before even the season hold days, we go way back. Yeah, man. Listen, speaking of that three-point shot, that's all you guys are shooting when I, I watched you guys play against us my freshman year. They were definitely all, mostly all long balls because we had a big team. Right. Right? We had Damari. We had Kenny Parker. So you was taking advantage of that and kind of just dealing with Silk and, and Spice and Darren on the outside, right? Right, exactly. And I was That's like, crazy. I would say 80% of my shots back then would have been behind the three-point line. Because I know I was the only yeah. I was the only junior at Lachlan to actually score over 500 points in the season, and then I was the only player to actually score over 1,000 points in two years because you only could play varsity for two years. I'll be saying, well, we're thinking, I wish they can add up all of my points, freshman and JV as well. I'd have had about That'd be crazy. <laughs> and I think they do that at other places in other states as well. I don't know why they don't do it here in New York. They, they only count your varsity um, numbers. That's it. If it's not on varsity, it doesn't count. All right, my guy John was uh, wanted to know, how was your time at Five Star? Well, I actually um, love going to Five Star because that was just a chance to go and play against the best in the country. Because I'll never forget one year, my senior year, just before um, school was going to start back up in the All-Star game, it was myself and Kevin Walls. I don't know if you remember him from Camden. Went to Louisville and we played. Against yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Played against John John and God rest his soul, Ed Davinder in the um yeah. All-Star game. Wow. Who now, won? And I might be a little biased, but I felt I should have gotten the MVP of that game. I had like 20 points. I only missed like one shot. But I don't know if you remember Herman Harid, who went to Dunbar High School. And Coach Wade actually came up and was smoozing with Tom Kinchowski and Garfinkel. And I saw them talking together. I was like, I'm not So they gave it to Because he had like two. Wow. But it, That's crazy. But it, it was a great experience there, though. Seeing Now, when you go against the guys like the best in the country, you know you can hold your own. You know when you get back to school, you know you're going to tear the league up. Now, that, that's going to be my next question, right? Um, who else did you bust to let you know you was ready for prime time? Actually, in the summer when, because World Be Free used to always want to play me one-on-one. -on -one. So after I was able to hold my own against him, I was like, I can, I can play against anybody. Wow. Always, always tell me, he's like, you that, a that's lazy. definitely a test right there. Because he's always telling you, he said, you're a little lazy in your jump shot sometimes because you have like a 40 in vertical, but you don't utilize. He said, when you see me shoot, I'm up in the air. So I started incorporating that and I would just shoot over smaller guys. Wow. Because he got way up in the air on this shot and he, and he held it back and here. He so he wasn't touching it. There was no right. Tested. So you just had the hope that he missed. I used to always tap him on his elbow and said, that's not a piece. Let me get away with that, though. <laughs> so who are some of the guys on your team once you reach varsity? Uh, the Whaler brothers, Kenny and Billy, Octavio Gooden, Anthony Allen, James Foreman, Mark Jackson, um, Charles Temple, Ernesto Wilson. So all these, all these were great guys, and we all got along well together because it quickly had another um, – thing that he liked to do before the season started everybody had to spend the night in the gym that was wow. team bonding so if no tv and everybody just talking team bonding that's a great idea coaches take notes that's a great idea 
My coach Bobby Hostin used to take us upstate, and we would stay with the opposing team's family, and they were they were white families. But just so we can see how the other side lived, if we yeah. never saw that, right? So we got to see it firsthand. It was a different kind of experience. But I think you know having a a night out with the fellas, a, a small camp in the gym, definitely uh, unites people and, and brings a, a brotherhood. Yeah, because that built that camaraderie. Because once if, once you have it off the court, you know, on the court, it's just like it's real. Everything's just real smooth and natural. Most definitely. So, who do y'all beat the city championship, and who do y'all beat the state championship? Well, for the cities, it was um, St. Peter's from Long Island, where they had, um, I don't remember, Greg Page. No, no, uh, no, there was St. Peter's, it was St. Peter's from Staten Island. Right, Staten Island, that's what I missed. Because they are the only team to win a city championship from Staten Island. Right. There's like a small documentary uh, that Kenny uh, Smith, I think he narrates on end, I think, I think Kenny did it. Right. And they beat right. Kenny that year. And to go against the yard. And it's funny because the coach from St. Peter's actually ended up coaching me at Seton Hall, Howie Rupert. Wow. How That's crazy. Him. And then when we won the state championship, we had beat um, North Babylon. They had um, Derek Brower, who went to Syracuse, Russell Pierre, who went to North Carolina State. Right. So they, they had a really good team, but we actually blew them out in the championship. Up in, up in <laughs> I think the score is like 102 to like 79 or something like that. Well, it, yeah, it's by, a, the third, uh, by the third quarter, the game was pretty much over. Yeah, it said, uh, my boy Rick said, they beat my boys in the month state. Sick Agnes with Billy Donovan, my best friend, Frank Big Red. I remember Billy Donovan because I remember Quigley telling us, he said, pick him up five feet above the um, hash mark. We ain't believing he hit like five in a row on us. We said, we have to start playing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen. Somebody to do with a jump shot, and you know, you know, we can make you a believer quick. Right. Right? Definitely. Not many people going to shoot from that deep with consistency. They'll jack yeah. it stack it up and not going to be knocking them down. So besides yourself and the guys that, that were on your team, who were some of the best players in New York City at that time? Uh, let's see. Um, Derek Chivas, John Johnson, Mel Kennedy, uh, Richie Simmons. A lot of people forget about this other guy, Alex Broadway, who played at Christ the King High School. Mm. Um, who else was there? Joe Franco, um, Chris Mullins brother, I forget his first name, from Severian, John, John Mullen. So there was quite a few good players that was back in the um, CHSAA back then. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I heard your name so much, I thought you went to public school. I was like, you go to Lachlan? Oh, okay. It, it actually turned out, I think, I'm, again, I might be biased, but I think we may have had more talent in the CHSAA than the PSAL. I could be biased, but that 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 listen, I, I listen. We we should do a tally one day. We should sit up, make get like a private call or whatever, and do like a little tally up. We okay, can do that. We're definitely yeah, because yeah. I think some of the guys think they had Bug, they had Eric Johnson, 
but they, they have some good – Elmer Anderson, they have some good players in the PSAL. Oh, are you talking about in your era around that time? Right. Listen, for, we always thought in the public school that you guys got way more pub than us, right? And, and, and a lot of times we would battle in the wheelchair classic, right? Because that showed uh, uh, the competition in the city, right? You had the wheelchair classic and the right. golden hoops. But right. then a lot of the teams were mixed up, public school and Catholic. So there was never really a public school, Catholic school clash. Exactly. But I always remember they always said that um, Jackson had the best backcourt. They had Boo Harvey, who was a Doug, um, Ron Edwards and Doug Harris. So we played against them in the Monsignor King tournament. And I was like, oh, so these guys are supposed to be the best in the city. So I had to, I gave them 41 that game. <laughs> because after the game, I sat next to Boo's mother. She was like, you can't sit here. You're the one that's scoring all those points on my son. You got to go on the other side of the court. So we had a little laugh about that. Wow. That's crazy. But that's how you go up when you know that somebody's supposed to be quote unquote better than you. Those yep. go up against them. That's how you really figure out can I really play against these guys? Not like going up against the best, man. Because I know some so I guys. Go ahead, go ahead. Some guys like to shy away from the um competition, but I'll, anytime I go to a park, I'm, who's the best one? I want to play against him. You always came up wanting to hold the best player. Coming up, I always held the best player. You know what I mean? I always wanted to it hold the best player. It wasn't any fun. I wanted to go where the action was. Right. Right? And the action was always with the best player. Because he's going to have the ball in his hand most of the time. So you're going to be in Let's go. Let's see. Right? So I, I, I know, look, I always said I, the three guys that really gave me the business my whole life. Lloyd, and I shared that with a couple of us. Um, Anthony Mason and Mike Morrison in college. So those are the three. And I always say it, and I'm waiting for here somebody else who can tell me anything different. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> who, who was your toughest competition, right, when you was coming up? Who was your toughest competition in high school that you said? Uh, I would say the toughest for me may have been John Johnson because he was just so crafty with the ball. Now, I met John. He was in sixth grade. I remember Keith Hardy brought him to one of our practices. I'm looking at this. I was like, who is this kid palming the ball in the sixth grade? John had hands the size of Dr. G's. And he can yes. do all types of things with that ball. So I always respected John's game. He always gave me, he always gave me fits. Wow. Salute to John. He'll be on Wednesday. That's well, right. I definitely, to, I definitely have to be on the head. My and my guy, John Green, now that he's on, he will definitely be on tomorrow. Appreciate that, man. So um, now you're moving on to college, right? And you're trying to make a decision where you want to go. Who was all the schools that was recruiting you? Well, uh, I'm Pittsburgh, Boston College, DePaul, Marquette. See, you know, those are like the five that I narrowed it down to. And it's funny because I wanted to really go to DePaul because at that time they was number one in the country. When Joey Meyer came to speak to me, he said, we're going to have 13 national TV games my first two years. But, again, this is, no, this is another Quigley thing. He said, do not sign early. So you could, cause you could if you don't sign in November, you have to wait until April to sign. So I told Joey Meyer, you know, I really want to come. But he was like, 
since there's no guarantee, we can't really hold that spot of somebody when it comes. So I'll never forget this kid named Randy Pettis from Mississippi. Two days before I was going to go visit, they said that he, he wanted to commit, so they signed him. Well, I missed out on going to DePaul. So then after that, I said, well, the Big East is the best country, the best um, conference in the country right now. So it's definitely going to be, be a Big East school. I ain't want to really go someplace that was already established. So I figured Seton Hall was an up-and-coming program. I could come in and compete for a starting spot my freshman year. So it was just an obvious choice for me to go to Seton Hall at that point. Cool. So did you went on all your visits? Did you go on all your visits as well? I took all my visits. I actually, um, I don't want to say wasted one because one of my friends from Howard Projects went to Xavier at that time. And he said, yo, if you come take this visit with me, they're going to do a little something for me. But I shouldn't go on record and saying that. So I took a little visit out there just to um, help my boy out a little bit. And it's funny because the coach that was recruiting me there ended up at Syracuse anyway. Morgan. Wow. I mean, um, well, his last name was Morgan. I forget his first name. Assistant coach for Syracuse. That's crazy. That's crazy. If somebody tried to use you to get them a better situation, did he? He didn't wind up going there anyway, right? Exactly. That's crazy. I'm the firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Definitely, definitely. It was meant for me to be a CNO. Like I say, I was um, once Martin Solly signed from Pennsylvania, then Mark Bryan signed from New Jersey, and I was like, oh, they're gonna have a foundation there for the future. They have the big, the two big men. I could come in as a guard, and we can try to you know put CNO on the map. That's real. That's real. So you get there. How was the team? Well, the team wasn't that good. And I said to myself, I was like, they brought me here for a reason because the guy that was starting at the point at the time, Mike Jones, was a, he was going to be a senior. So I just made it to the point. I said, I'm going to make it where he's going to have to start me. So I said, I'm going to just destroy this guy every day at practice. So he's going to have to put me in the lineup. So by the time the season started, I was wearing a blue jersey. Because the blue wears the um, – in practice, you're having a blue jersey. Jersey, that means you're a starter. White was the, um, you know, guys off the bench. So I was humble back then. So every day I came out, I had on my white. PJ is like, no, flip your shirt over. You're a starter. What are you doing? I was just trying to be a little humble at that time. Oh, okay, okay. How did your freshman year go in your early seasons? Well, the freshman year went um, well before we got to the actual Big East season. So we know you play a lot of the cupcakes before then. But I'll never forget, our very first Big East game, was against Georgetown right after they just came back from winning the championship. So I'm sitting there on the layup line, then I start seeing Patrick Ewan come out, David Wingate, David um, I'm, I'm Reggie Williams, and I'm like just sitting there almost like an oil saying, I'm just sitting there watching these guys on TV just last year, and I'm getting ready to play against these guys. It took me about five minutes to get the butterflies off because, you know, basketball is basketball. But once I got all that jitter jitteriness out of myself, I was good. Okay, okay, okay. So, who won? Oh, they blew us out. I ain't want to get to that part. Like I said, my about bad. I, I, I kind of knew that. I, I kind of researched my from early on. We only won about three Big East games. We was getting out. We was getting handed to us, but that was a good experience for the future. 
and 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 I know early on, like your freshman year, y'all kind of had some little roadblocks, but then you you started to come into your own. Uh, your sophomore junior year. Tell me how was that? Yes, cause I know in my sophomore year, which almost was almost like a waste of year because in preseason we was having a scrimmage game and I tore my ankle up. I was out for like maybe about two months, so I really didn't have too um, great of a sophomore year because I was pretty much banged up and I never fully recovered from that ankle injury. But then I went back to the park and I said, I'm coming back stronger than ever. And then when I came back as a junior, I was getting, scoring 20 against everybody. Yeah, you, you definitely tore up your junior year, man. You're just tearing through everybody. And, and then your name started ringing bells again because, you know, we started hearing it back here in New York. And so I definitely know you were doing your thing. How did you feel get your confidence back after an injury? Well, it felt good because, again, like I say, I went back to the um to the lab, which is Howard Park. Once you go back there, you do your thing over there, you know you're ready for anything. So that was the confidence <laughs> right there. Right. So was was Gerald and them guys on the team when you was a, a junior senior? Well, Gerald came in when I was a um he was only one year behind me, so he came in when I was a sophomore. He, Gerald was only one year behind me. Gerald, John Morton, Dal Walker came in at that at that time. So we had a good team by then. So all those guys came in was um all New York City, all states. So we had a we had a good roster by that time. Okay. Good. So what what year was it that uh was it after your senior year where they went to the final four? Right, because I in my senior year we lost to um Arizona in the second round, so we played against um Texas El Paso, which had Tim Hardaway at the time in the first round. Then we lost to Steve Kerr and Sean Elliott in the second round that year. When you look back at it, did you enjoy your time at Seton Hall? I tell people if I could go back and spend and go back in the time capsule and go back and spend time, it would definitely be go to back to college days. It was nothing like it. Nothing like it. But with the camaraderie, with your teammates, the traveling, the competition that you had, it was just a great time, great experience. So what was it like for you guys to travel? Give me give me like one instance for what you guys had to do or go through like pregame meal and travel if you had like a big game somewhere. So if we had a big game, if, we, if it depends. If we if we were playing at home, we would have like an early shoot around, and he'll let everybody just relax, get to the arena about two hours before game time. And everybody just pretty much sit back, relax, listen to music, talk. And but on the road, it was different. So he was real strict then. So we had to make sure that we had to eat at least three or four hours before the game. Then by the time we got to the arena, again. He may not let us listen to as much until he won. He felt we wasn't as focused on the road as we were at home, so he cut out all that music in the locker room before the games unless we were at home. That's crazy. Yo, one of the things my guy always say, yo, yo, Pooh, ask him about the meal money. I was like, I remember those days. I don't be asking anybody about their meal money. Oh, yo, PJ, listen, people. PJ, and I know it was different on all levels. Tell me about what you guys now, now, remember, this was back in the 80s, so this was a lot of money for us back then. Yes. We would get $5. That was the What? Minute. What? Now, the only, the only time we got more than that. That got to be home, home game? Now, home games, we may not have gotten any because we used to get a voucher to go down to this place called Mr. Sub, but he ordered some pizza for us. You said $5? $5. That was enough to go get you a sandwich. 
<laughs> but now the old now come on, I want the family biggest man. We got way, way. We got a couple of, especially on a road trip. We got at least three, four hundred dollars. Sometimes five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. The only time we got more than that when we was in the Big East tournament, that's when he would pull out the cash. Wow. Like we was in the city. This could have been a regular away game, and this was what's happening. So let me tell you something my coach explained to me, right? I don't think I ever talked about this on the show. My coach explained to me that we was going to play Wake Forest, and he was very excited. And I was like, they could play. We could play. So what? We going out to try to win. Did they have? He said no, Glenn. Excuse me. Was Derek McQueen on the team at that time? Point guard. No, yeah, Anthony Tucker. Anthony Tucker was on the team, and Rodney Rogers. Okay. Right. So he said no. Wake Forest just gave our school eighty thousand dollars. That's for travel. This is the business of basketball. Travel expenses and for you guys meal money. And then we, you know, put some money to the side for some other sports. I said, you serious? I thought y'all just played each other. He said, no, this is a business. He said, the reason if we lose, they're going to be upset. And this is where the word upset come from. There's no upset in pro sports. Right. Wow. Blew me away. Blew me away. And I, I was just stuck. I said, this is how it works? He said, yes, whenever we play a bigger school in a bigger conference, they pay for wins. That's what they do. So you said in the beginning of the year when you played on Ricky Dick teams, y'all was playing somebody, y'all was paying somebody to pay to play. Exactly. Just you guys get better. It's a win-win. The other team gets somebody to come, get the ass kicked. Exactly. Get, get some exposure. But now you have And the NCAA is a tax-free, it's tax-free nonprofit organization. But you have me feeling bad about this meal money situation now. I feel like I've been cheating. <laughs> Yo, you've been rude. Yo, you've been cheating. Now I went to Fairleigh Dickinson, right? See the hall is a much bigger school. And this is from eighty from eighty-eight to ninety-two. Trust me. And it's funny because PJ had a name for a five dollar bill. He called it a fin. He said, "Give it, give everybody a fin." And everybody <sighs> was talking about. They was popping that money. Oh, he he was doing something because I used to see him with a wad of cash sometime. And and this guy Mike Murphy used to be a security, have his gun right there in his little holster. And every time PJ pulled out that money, but he was appealing. Hold on. He had security with a guy who could carry a gun. Yeah, he used to have it in his um ankle, on his ankle band. Every every guy was with us, Mike Murphy, security. He pocketed that bread. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I went to Fairly Dickinson, I could vouch, I could bring my guys on here. I will, we look forward to having mill money. It didn't make a difference what level you was on. Everybody got the same amount. My roommate and I, Kaim Long, that went to Stevenson. What we did, we used to always, we were roommates for four years. I used to always make sure he brought the TV. I brought the um, refrigerator and the microwave. We used to, whatever we had in the, um, from the training room, take it back to him, heat it up at night to eat it for dinner. That's crazy. Now, that's one thing I could say. Seton Hall wasn't one of those schools that was paying their players. That's one thing I could say in their favor. We weren't getting paid. We, it was legal. That's part of the program, right? 
as far as the meal money, because like you say, if you're calling them meal money, you can give them a little bit more than that. Come on. Now. Yes. I'm telling you, that's the business of basketball. My coach, Tom Green, explained to me that when schools, bigger schools play another school, there's money exchanged. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's the that's the one negative I can say about, you know, the meal money. <laughs> Yo, listen. Yo, Rick. Yo, Rick. My man Rick Coon from Wagner. Right? We was in the same conference. How much do you guys uh get for mill money? Somebody said two said D3, we got $30. Yo! <laughs> Yo, James. This is and this is my boy too. He the coach at Brooklyn Collegiate High School. Salute. $30, that D3 at Westbury. I would have took that $5? $5. That's crazy. So you think if there's 12 players on the team, he only had to put out $60 for that day. No wonder he always had a lot of cash. A lot of cash. Only That's crazy. If we went, like, maybe it's like we went to Hawaii or someplace like that for a road trip like that, then we might get 25. 25. 25. Whoa. That's crazy. That's the same thing I was saying. That's what we're going to get. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You just, that was definitely a basketball head's mind blower right there. That just threw me off. But I, I, want, wow. you to, I want you to strike that from the record. Right <laughs> so listen, right? All in all, you had, you had a decent career at Seton Hall. What did you do after that? You, did you take your talents overseas? Yes, because actually, um, right after I, I, although I wasn't drafted, I was invited to the camp to, um, with Atlanta Hawks, and I'll never forget it. We were going to have camp on a, Tuesday, on a Tuesday. So I get to Atlanta on a Friday, and I was stay, staying with a friend. Next thing I know, you got to about, come on, let's go to the gym. Now, I ain't come here for that. You know, I'm getting, getting my story ready to go to camp. Nah, come on, we're just going to go mess around for a little while. Sure enough, guys know who I was. You know, the guys that can't play, uncoordinated. Guy sticks out his foot. My foot lands on his, tear my ankle up. Wow. My ligaments was messed up for like two years after that. Because the doctor said I would have been better off breaking the ankle because my ligaments. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. I hit, a bone could heal easier than the ligaments. So that was the end of that for the um, Hawks for that year. But then he said, yo, yo, my God, Spice is on here. Spice, Spice said, yo, Seton Hall was robbing of God. <laughs> yeah, Spice was my roommate. He was my roommate at the um, Manhattan College basketball camp. Athletes for Better Education camp. Okay. That's my, that's my guy. Yeah, Spice, definitely a, a, another legend, man. I don't want to hear about no meal money stories. Nah, nah, nah. I'm about to give you another story, right? Because Rick, Rick just gave me uh, a quick uh, info real quick. Told about my coach. My coach also was the coach who gave also allegedly, let's say allegedly, uh, John Hot Rod Williams that $30,000 in the shoebox. Remember that scandal back in the days? And Tulane and destroyed their whole program, and then that's when he went and came to Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay, 
Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So maybe we probably was getting a little bit more. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. My man Tooth, who went to Bishop Lachlan, he said, I was in a freshman team at Lachlan when James was a senior. We used to ride the A-Train home. I remember those days. <laughs> yes. My God, too. It's so, I'm here these things just to reminisce and think about you know things that you did in your past because you always want to keep that prevalent. Yeah, man, I, I think um, sometimes people forget. You know, I, I talk to a lot of young guys and I, I ask them questions about guys who came before them. Like I told you before I really started getting serious about ball, I knew who you was, right? When I said I'm gonna start playing basketball in high school, I had to know who different guys was and who they were, how their games were, because I may run into them one day. Right. Right? You never know. And you just want to know your history. That's how you become a student of the game. And that's the difference between somebody who plays basketball and a ball player. Exactly. There's also, a difference. I forgot, I forgot to give a shout-out to my first um, backcourt mate at New Bedstar Junior High School, Michael Messiah. I wanted to give him a shout-out. Yes. Yo, let me tell you. Let me tell you. That's, I, I don't know if I ever met dude before, but he's been very supportive, man. He's always been supporting basketball from the beginning and always throw me, you know, throw me a bone every now and again. And like, yo, G, check this guy out. Yo, G, maybe you want to hear, you know, his story. And oh, yeah. I respect guys like that. You know what I'm saying? He's a great, great guy. Because we were together. Nah, nah. Salute to my man, Mike. Then he actually moved to North Carolina and ended up going to Laney High School. And I'll never forget, because he came up to me one day and said, you know, I'm getting ready to um, leave New York. I was like, so where are you going? He's like, I'm going to North Carolina. I was like, why are you going to North Carolina? Well, my mother wants to move out there. So next thing I know, he tells me, he said, but I want you to look at, listen out for one name for me. I said, remember this name. He said, Mike Jordan. I was like, who's Mike Jordan? He's like, he's, he's going to be a senior at Laney. And it ended up being Michael Jordan. He was the first one that ever told me about Michael Jordan. Wow. I'll never forget that conversation. He said, so, so, so Mike, you are definitely an official basketball head, fam, for sure. That's crazy, man. And thanks again, Mike. I appreciate you. He uh, got me Lamont Long, who definitely has some great stories, and yourself. So I appreciate you being here. Have you been keeping up with New York no, City yes. basketball? Well, actually, because I actually had moved out because I was living, once I had um, stopped playing ball, I became a school teacher in Newark. And I was living in um, Newark up until last year, so now I'm up in Pennsylvania. But I still try to keep up with some of the games and keep up with some of the guys. That's what's, what's, what's been your perception of New York City basketball as of late? Well, I think it's too much with the um, AAU teams. It's not as much team-oriented as far as, like, your high school teams. Everybody's thinking about playing on these AAU teams and not really giving that dedication to their high school teams, which that's the signs of the times now. Because I know when I was coming up, I played with the Madison Broncos for one year with Doc Maselli, and that was the only time I played AAU, that, that one year. with Me Dwayne too. I played I play with Doc Maselli as well. Um, Dwayne Martin, Sheik, who ended up being a movie star, whoever, whoever would have thought that. Listen, let me tell you. I was in the Empire State team with those guys, with him, Rod, 
uh, Dal Middleton, Derek Chivas. Derek was my roommate. And we had two characters on that team. The first one was uh, Shake Martin. He used to be singing these Frank Sinatra songs yeah, and doing these acts from television and, do and doing these lines. And we was like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be an actor one day. We was like, uh, whatever. Then we had Prime Minister Pete Nice, Pete Nash, who went to Columbia, right? He had to pull out his black book, the phone, and show us like Karis One number, Run DMC number. And we was like, you faking that. You ain't gonna be a rapper. That next year, they put out an album on Def Jam, and he had the whole Empire State team on the back of the cover. Wow. And then, you know, you see what happened with Dwayne. Next time I see him, I'm a, I'm an extra on above the rim. And he's a star. Because I know the first thing, I used to see him on a couple of commercials. The next thing you know, like you say, he was on the star of above the rim. There you go. There That's you go. Part. And I, we see each other laugh, and I say, yo, go figure, right? But listen, that's why you, you never stop people from dreaming. Exactly. That's all we have. That's all we have until they become reality. And all it takes is that little glimmer of hope for somebody to believe in you. That's all it right? takes for that person to believe in you. That's right. That's right. Thank God for your sister for being that Bishop Lockman. You know, you probably could have just been another run of the mill if you was in PSAL somewhere. You could have, you know, been another guy who scored 40, and, but you became James Majors and did it in a different way. Exactly. So, last two questions. Take this, yeah, last three. Who was the best high school, college, and pro you played against? Three people. The best high school, college, and pro you played against. Uh, high school. High school, I would have to say um, Ed Davender, because Bug was tough. And then after him, I would say, I don't know if people remember Curtis Aiken. Played upstate. Yes, definitely. Curtis was tough, too. College, hands down, it was Pearl. Pearl Washington. And pro has to be world be free. Mm. It would be the three top. For sure. For sure. That's real. So, brother, I saw you the other day. We, we, we chatted for a little bit, did a little test. And I was like, damn, James still look like he's 20 years old. Well, I still tell, tell the kids. I used to always tease the kids when my um, classes. I'm going to let somebody beat me when I'm 50 years old. I'm 54 now, so I stopped playing. <laughs> That's real. That's real. How do, you, how do you stay in shape and healthy these days? Well, I, well, I, got, I have a Fitbit, and I think that's the best thing I ever purchased because it makes me get my 10,000 steps in a day. So I do, I do a lot of walking, try to, you know, eat healthy. Because once we get a certain age, you have to really start taking care of yourself. Because I used to play Definitely. ball. I was living in New Jersey. I used to play ball on Sunday mornings, but these guys were like, horrible. So I just started doing my walk. I think I get a better um, workout by just walking around. <laughs> Especially when you're a ball player and love the game. You don't want to just be playing, be playing. That's how you get hurt. Exactly. Because I always end up leaving out of there hurt. So with all this knowledge and experience you, you acquired from the game, um, did you pass it down to any of your children or do you have children? Yes, I have 
um, three girls and one boy. But my boy, he was never really into sports. He, he's the type that'll end up owning a basketball team. Gotcha. He's the, That's the common. We need more black owners, definitely. He's the academic in the family because he's always on the dean's list. So he's great student. Salute, my brother. Salute. Can't knock him for that because I never tried to push anything on him. If he wanted to do it, that was going to be great. So he's into his art and very creative. So I just let him run with that and support that. That is dope, man. So listen, we at this point of basketball heads, we ask our guests to nominate someone to be on the show. And you can nominate someone to be on the show. Right? Okay. And this is what my deal was doing in the back. This is my deal was doing in the back while we was talking. Okay. That's you said he did he just did that? Yep. Wow. You got some talent there. Oh yeah. <laughs> And he a ball player, too. He played for Coach Granby at Jackson. Is there any way I can get a copy of that? Yo, brother, I'm going to send it to you. I got you. Okay, I really appreciate that. This is for you for being a guest in the show, brother. We appreciate you, man. And all the things you did for New York City, my brother. We appreciate you. No problem. I, I, I appreciate that. No doubt. This is what we do for our kings and queens here at Basketball Heads. Show our love. Show our appreciation. And let them know that their name still means something in these here streets. Yeah, because people need to see that it's more than all this black on black crime. We need to get away from that and start supporting each other more as a black community. Yes. We need to all yeah. to come together and you know, support one another with something positive. Always starts here. I saw me and my guy from Game Over. Game Over. He's going to support me, right? That's Rocking the shirts, you know what I'm saying? He got a uh, basketball camp here in Brooklyn. They got a gym, it's called the Sty Dome. We, they run games and tournaments. We're going to be doing some giveaways soon. You know what we do here at Basketball Heads. Oh, so, okay. he, yes, definitely. Stay tuned, and thanks for joining us. My man James Majors, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, too. You know what I'm saying? Think about who you want to be on the show, man. You think should be on the show, brother? Oh, definitely. And I, I you know what I'm saying? Definitely get a, a, a definitely a New York guy on the show. Somebody that that everybody want to talk to. And listen, brother, everybody want to share their story, man. So tell them to come off over here to basketball head. No, no problem, no doubt, definitely. Appreciate you, my brother. Okay, be good. All right, thanks. Okay. Yeah.